going on, people? This is Lecrae. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Kel Mitchell. Picky wine is that would be me. <laughs> Yo, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, Brian Hooks. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Dr. Dorinda Clark Cole. Yo, what up, y'all? It's your boy, Kev, on stage. Yo, what's up? This is Doug E. Fresh. What up, what up? It's DJ Emmy for that Breakfast Club. What's up, everybody? It's Mr. Tompox. Hello there. This is Kim Burrell. Yo, what's up, everybody? This is Cardi Cortez. Well, hello there. I am Ja'Kalen Carr. Good afternoon. It's Jess with the mess. Hey, everyone. This is Faith Jesse. My name is Kid from Kid and Play. Peace to the planet. Charlemagne the God here. What's up, y'all? Las Vegas. It's said entertainer. I want you to download and tune into the greatest gospel station in the Las Vegas area. It's the number one gospel station. Number one gospel station. Number one gospel radio. Check it out. I need you to do me a favor. I need you to go download Anointed Radio app. From either the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. For 24-7 gospel. Make sure to check out their website at anointedradionetwork.com. Music for the soul, music for your spirit, music to lift your heart. That soul food for your body, that energy for your spirit. Gospel in the morning, gospel for lunch, gospel at dinner, and then you go to sleep. You know what? Guess what? You dreaming about some gospel. Sometimes these are the songs that really uplift us and uh, get us through some of the tough times. Salute Pastor J. Calhoun and Anointed Radio. Know your boy wouldn't steer you around. Go listen right now. You feel me? Check them out without no doubt because gospel is what it's all about. Hey, 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 everybody, this is Pastor Jay, and like always, we're going to start off in normal fashion. Normal fashion is this, with a prayer in the scripture. The scripture we're coming out of today is Mark 16, and let me, I wear glasses, y'all be patient with me. Mark 16 and 15, and it said, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation, period. Go out to the whole world, tell somebody about Jesus. If you do that for one person, once a day, all year, you should have witnessed to 365 people about Jesus. Be able to show them a light. Don't show them about, you know, all of the fads and things like that, but tell them about Jesus. Tell them what he's done for you, because they say in the Bible, there's power in your testimony, what God has done for you. You don't have to preach. You don't have to to. uh just throw out scriptures. You could just tell them about what God has done in your life to be able to tell them about a man that could save anybody. Hey, that's, that's powerful. I just wanted to put that reminder out there because a lot of times we get into, into the, into the fold and we get into the body of Christ and we forget one of the major things we should be doing. That should be telling people about Jesus Christ, telling them about your testimony, and not being ashamed of your testimony. A lot of times people are ashamed of their testimony, but there's power in your testimony because there's more people that's like you than not like you. There's a person that was addicted. There was a person that went through all kind of hell and hot water. There's people that lived in those same backgrounds. There's people that came from them same situations. So I'm just encouraging you today. Go tell your testimony. Go tell them about Jesus. Amen.
Amen. Dear Father God, I just ask you right now. God, I thank you, Lord. I give you all the glory and all the praise. God, I just ask you to just be able to enter into the room tonight. Let something be said tonight that somebody could walk away and to be able to truly have an interest in knowing you, truly have an interest in seeing the evidence of you in their lives, God. God, I just ask you to let us be able to reach the unreachable, teach the unteachable, and even touch somebody with the hardest heart to say, what can I do? to be saved. God bless everybody under the sounds of my voice. Let them be able to truly establish a relationship with you, Lord, truly be able to see the things that you want them to see, Lord, be able to walk the way that you want them to walk, Lord. Let them be able to be activated in their purpose and not be tired in doing well in doing good and well-doing, God. God, I just ask you right now to be able to touch somebody tonight. Touch them tonight where they could be able to truly be able to witness to somebody out there that they've probably walked by multiple times. But they 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 have the confidence in the Holy Spirit to comfort them when they go and tell that person about how they made it out and how you provided a way of escape, how you provided the strength to keep going, how you were able to give them the help and solitude and fortress as a protector in their life. So God, I thank you. God, I give you all the glory and all the praise. God, I ask you to be able to enlarge anointed radio to to new atmospheric uh, heights where we could be able to go to new areas, new broadcasts, new airwaves to be able to just everything just new to a new area where people have not heard of us so that we could be able to show a great representation of you lord so god we just thank you we glorify you we give you all the glory and all the praise and god we love you for always being there for us even when we gave up on ourselves and we said that all in jesus precious name Amen. 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 This is Pastor Jay. Like always, I got something to say. What I got to say is this. You can follow me at Anointed Jaylon on all social media platforms. You can follow my my music journey. I have a song coming out, y'all. Actually, next week when I go to the Spin Awards, a.k.a. we are nominated for the Spirit Spin Awards in Atlanta, Georgia. Coming up next week, um, be flying out to Atlanta where we'll be going and seeing if we're coming home to Las Vegas with the award. Amen. But definitely go and check out uh, my music on all the music streaming platforms, Pastor Jaylon Calhoun. And it's that season time. What does that season time mean? I came out with a tea remedy book. Creole Tea Remedy book by myself in Amazon right now. It's the sniffles. It's that time where, you know, a lot of people get sick. There's herbal, herbal remedies that can help you with being able to get some teas in you. Get nice and warm. You know, a stick of cinnamon. You know, especially all my diabetics out there. I, I know the struggle. A stick of cinnamon and some boiling water will lower. It will help regulate your blood sugar. But, you know, that's just a few things. Go check out the book. You can check it out on all uh, places where you can buy books, especially Amazon. With that being said, I'm going to go ahead and bring up my co-host I have today. I have the lovely Prophetess Tish. I have Bishop Prophet Mercy Cummins, everybody, from Duval County. Um, and we're missing Miss Marvette and we're missing Simi, so... You know, definitely shout outs to them. Make sure you follow Simi So Real and MTA um, on social media and all those good stuff. So, y'all, go ahead and tell everybody where you can be found. And before that, 
make sure you share, like, subscribe. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you subscribe, hit that bell, hit that like button, and do all those great things. And if you're on Facebook, go ahead and share it. Uh, share it with your friends. Tag somebody. It's going to be a good time tonight. We have a great guest tonight. So make sure you share, like, and subscribe. Prophet Tish, go ahead and tell them where they can find you. Hey, I'm Prophetess Tish. You can find me on my website, www.ferventlycreations.com. You can also find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Tick to the Top at Fervently Creations. And you can also find me on Facebook as uh, Tish here. But you can also get me on those clubhouse streets every Saturday, 10 a.m. in the Fervently Creation house. I see your face, Jay. That, that face was just so uncalled for just then. But anyway, <laughs> but you can find me on there. Make sure that you go and check out some of my books and as well as my perfume line that I have uh, going on in my shop on top of my website. Oh, the shade. Pastor Jay. Go in grace. <laughs> oh, man. Help us, Lord. Help us. Be on one accord. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to everybody watching. Uh, God bless everybody. My name Mercy Coming. For those that's wondering, you can find me on any social media platform. Same name spelling M U R C I I Coming C U M N. You can also check my music out on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, whatever platform. YouTube Music. Check me out. Look out for my new music coming soon. Just like Pastor Jay. Um, not as gifted in certain areas as Pastor Jay on the music tip, but I do my own thing. So shout out to God on the rapping note. And that's what you can do. Find your boy. You are all, not all, a all I can say, but you would all, not do is put yourself down. Right, not on this show. Not on this show. Like, but you would not all do that, through Christ that strengthens you. You better stop it. Listen, I do a little. I ain't putting myself down. Okay, nah, nah. we're we just checking on that. So, uh, one thing, everybody, I want everybody to know is that if you did not know, I'm gonna say it again to everybody that we are going to be in Atlanta, y'all. We're gonna be in Atlanta for the Spin Awards. And if you guys didn't know, this is Prophetess Tish's first award show that she's going to go to, and she's really excited for it. So, definitely. Um, she'll probably be showing all of the different things at the spin awards and, and being on the red carpet and all that good, good jazz. So definitely, um, stay tuned. If you're in Atlanta and they're at spin awards, I'll see y'all next week. Actually shout out to those Baxters. Those are my folks. Those are my folks. I was just talking to them earlier saying that I was coming y'all. So definitely. Yep, you get to see them at the Spin Awards. They're actually going to be doing a few classes and a few things there. So, man, it's so much packed into this month that I'm just trying to look at the agenda and make sure we stay on track. First thing I want to say is it is mental health awareness. Mental health awareness, I always talk about this because it's very powerful to talk about due to the fact that every holiday season i see too many things when it comes down to people losing um, loved ones to, to suicide check on your people call on your people if you haven't heard from them call them up 
please, I beg of you. I started this a few years back when a few people that I knew took their life. And I wish that I could have been that person instead of being so bogged down in my own personal life. I could have called them and said, you know, are you good? Hey, hey, what can I do? We could talk, talk to me, but I can't. So I'm, I'm, I'm begging everybody else to make sure that you go and, and call your people, call your loved ones, call your friends, um, because you never know. And I've lost a lot of people to suicide, which I feel like that sh- should not have been the way that they should have left. But I can't control that situation, what they made. So make sure you call your people, make sure you check, make sure you love on them. There is no argument, no disagreement that is more, more important than your relationship with people. Because at the end of the day, when they go and they go and that's it. And during the holidays, a lot of people take it differently. A lot of people don't really um, feel the best during the holidays. So I just ask and I pray that you reach out to your people. And if you do have any thoughts of suicide, please get help. Please get phone call before you you make that permanent uh, decision for a temporary situation. I just ask you to reach out to somebody, call somebody. There's hotlines. If you don't want somebody to know what you're going through, there's hotlines. Um, I know so many people have had issues before telling about their issues because they feel like somebody going to talk about them. Find your circle. The Bible tells you to have a wise counsel. So you, it's time. If you don't have that wise counsel where you could talk to somebody without judgment or without people just throwing you to the wolves, it's time for you to look at your circle and restructure that circle so that you could talk and be you, not your title, not what people known you for, but be you honestly and be transparent so that you can have that support system to build you back up to where you need to be so you can be strong enough because too many people that are strong for others are not strong enough for themselves. So with that, I just encourage everybody, check on your people, make sure that if somebody seem like they off, check up, give a hug. Just don't let it be the norm. Amen. Man, you know that's right on time, Pastor Jay. Real quick, that's right on time because I had a friend of mine um, who's been battling a certain sickness for the past fifteen years, and I was leaving church Monday night, um, and randomly, she wrote me this message um, about the thoughts that were attacking her mind viciously, and she named a few of them, and the Holy Spirit gave me the rest of them. And I just laid on my altar and went to warfare for it because we we really, truly don't know what people are going through. You know, that was it was very heavy what she laid on me. But I know to go and lay it down to the Lord and we got to be willing to intercede for God's people and pray for them always. Not just, you know, going to talk about what's going on with them, but Mm -hmm. take weight off of them and go and give it to God, because a lot of times. If we don't release some of the weight from them and take on some of that weight and, you know, help them carry their cross, it could be the last time we talk to them. Facts. Another thing is you have to make sure that you can uh, follow up. A lot of people talk good, but you have to listen and follow up. Those are the main two things that you have to do, because in those moments, people want to know that someone cares. And if you just showing lip service and you're not following up, you're you're not listening what they're saying. They're going to disassociate. And we it's a very serious situation where you want to make sure 
that you are genuine in the whole situation. This is one thing I don't play with. I joke and I kid a lot, but when it comes to this, because I've lost too many mm-hmm. people to suicide from my childhood friends to countless of the people I served with, I don't want to keep going through this. And I made it my own personal ministry to make sure that people are aware. I don't care how mad you are at that person. I don't care if this person did you wrong in 1997. When they die, you're going to cry just the same. This month, me, this month marks that the Lord saved me from suicide. So it's made, you know, I'm not just, you know, just giving my, um, little take on what happened when she wrote me but i'm actually a a suicide survivor and you know i should have died five years ago i hung myself over traffic literally because of everything that was tormenting my mind and i didn't have any help i was going to my past going to you know apostles that were friends of mine that i really you know highly esteemed and they they couldn't help me and it, it it put me in a bad mental space you know and i left myself um, to make it brief, I told the Lord, I said, you know, if you truly love me, you will save me out of whatever this is. And if not, then I'm sorry I gave it the best that I could. And he arrested me within maybe the last 30 seconds before I jumped off the bridge. And I could not move. I could not move my body to save my life. It was as if he had grabbed me and hugged me. And the only thing he whispered to me was, I know the plans that I have for you. I know the plans and that's what caused me to begin to cry and the scales fell off my eyes in that moment. And by the time I woke up, it was like maybe a minute later, I turned around and there was like 12 police officers on the bridge. One of them had grabbed my shirt, a white guy. He reached through the fence and grabbed my shirt. And he said, man, I don't know what it is you're going through, but trust me, you want to live to see tomorrow. He said, I don't know if you got kids or whatever the case may be but you want to live to see tomorrow because you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. Today might have been bad, but you never know what tomorrow's going to be. And wow. that alone let me know if anything else didn't, that the Lord really cared enough to come and save me. And I felt like that day he left the 99 for the one. So, and and, and that's powerful. Um, I've, I've shared about my, uh, I, I guess I'll share again. Um, when I was um, getting out the military and coming into the civilian sector, um, I couldn't find work. Um, I couldn't get welfare, couldn't get food stamps, couldn't get nothing. I had three kids and a wife, and we were sleeping in a bed, one bedroom at her, her aunt's house. And I literally sat at the edge of the bed with my shotgun and was like, "If you, you have to come and stop me. And... What you said is funny because that's just the Holy Spirit with confirmation. Jeremiah 29, 11. I just opened it. It, it didn't, I didn't know it as a favorite scripture. I just read it. He said, I know the plans for you. I have um, hope, join a future for you. And that future part got me because obviously he's planning for me to live out a life um, and no, he wants no evil intent for you. So if you are dealing with it, you're not the only one. Can I, can I say this again? You're not the only one. And, uh, I want you to stay encouraged and I want you to be able to know that if we can make it, you can make it. Go ahead, Prophet Stish. So I'm very passionate when it comes to dealing with depression, anxiety and suicide as well, because that was something that I had battled with for years. And 
not trying to throw a plug in there, but that was one reason why I started this, the anthology project for the I'm not okay. And a lot of times, even those of us that are in ministry are those of us that have a relationship with God or whatever, we struggle with depression, anxiety, or suicidal thoughts. And people need our story. They need the stories like those to, to figure out how did you overcome? What happened to you that, that made you say, you know what, Some, something has to give, something has to change. Like even in my depression story, my depression story, uh, how I came, how I started coming out of depression was very simple where God had told me to just look up my name. And once I looked up my name, had realized that my name did not mean I'm depressed. I was walking around constantly saying, I'm depressed, I'm depressed. My, my name, Letitia, actually means joy and happiness. So I had to start walking in that. So people actually start, needs to hear our stories. They need to hear our testimonies. They need to hear how it was that we actually came over because it gives them hope to give them as um, as uh, Mercy was saying, like for us, how uh, how the police were saying, you need you need to live to see um, see tomorrow. Like you want to live to see tomorrow. Something something tomorrow can change the whole trajectory of your life. But you have to be there to see it. You have to live there to see it. And so, um, but it's not even with that. Like even even my son, I, my my son is is young and he battles with suicide. Uh, and so it's, it's certain things to where these conversations have to be have to uh, go forth. It needs to go forth, especially in the church place, because a lot of times we don't even talk about it. And I, what I honor and I respect about both of you is that as men, y'all are talking about it. And sometimes you will hear women being more vocal vocal on emotional issues or mental health issues versus men. And so I honor the fact that y'all men are actually saying, hey, I tried to I tried to commit suicide. Um and and this is what happened. God arrested me in that moment. God stopped me in that moment. God had me open up my Bible and God gave both of y'all the same Bible verse. And so that's not a coincidence that both of y'all shared y'all testimony on the same day. So I pray that whoever goes back and hear this, whether you're watching it now, whether you're watching this video in the future, that you actually receive this word, that you realize that there's a reason why God still got you here. And one thing that helped me with my suicidal thoughts was having to realize what was it about me that the enemy could, could he tried everything he could to take me out and he couldn't do it. And so now he's trying to get me to do it myself. What was it about me that I was so strong and so powerful to make it through all the attacks to where he couldn't get nobody else to kill me, that he tried to get me to kill me from my own hands. And then it's like, what is it about me that you want me dead? So it, it has to be some greatness in me that you want me dead. And so it was it's greatness in both of y'all. And I'm glad that y'all live to see it. And I pray, you know, too, at the same time um, that more men come forward about it, because we as men struggle to say, hey, I'm depressed. We really, truly do. We, we struggle big time to say that one little word, depression, you know, and we need to speak up more as men. Um, and it doesn't make us look weak. You know, it makes us you, it makes us all the more strong because to be able to acknowledge or admit that place of weakness it takes vulnerability and vulnerability takes strength you know so just to keep that you know out there on the table for us men that may be watching don't hold it back and and i wanted to add on to that in the bible it says in your weakness i am strong 
Yes. So you could give it. That's what what that means is give it to God in your weakness. And then he will make you strong in those moments. And I had to realize that myself because I always had a control issue about the situation. I didn't want nobody to know. I didn't want nobody to be all in my business. I didn't want nobody to talk about me. And I, I always wanted to be seen in a good light. But then God said, in your weakness, I'm strong. That's right. So stop. Let go of it. I got it in your life. I got this situation. Give it to me so that I could take care of it. I, I, and I'll be omiss if I don't say this, but if you are dealing with this, and just to put that out there, if you are dealing with this, you could call 988, just like 911, but 988 is a National Suicide Life uh, Lifeline, which they've actually changed. I didn't even know it. But if you can't get to 988, you could go to 1-800-273-8255. I don't care what nobody say. Somebody irked me in the spirit and was like, oh, why are y'all talking about that? Because I don't want to lose nobody else. Yeah. Okay. So with that being said, Make sure this number is 1-800-273-8255. If you have any thoughts, if you have any issues, call him. Get, get Talk to somebody before you take that drastic measure. And with that, we're going to move over to our, our segment. We're about to go into the interview, into the interview phase. And in we have a great guest today. Um, we have the very talented, talented, why I keep saying tent, cat, talented, very <laughs> Great talent. That boy good. Um, Singer. Gene Moore. Everybody, welcome Gene Moore to the show. Everybody. What's up? Hello, hello, hello. How y'all doing? Doing awesome, good. Awesome. I enjoyed everything y'all were saying. I was backstage and I was listening to all of the talk about suicide. I myself, uh, uh, I myself uh, am someone who have uh, struggled with suicidal thoughts. And uh, to what you were saying, Mercy, um, men, I feel like it's harder for us. And I know this ain't why y'all brought me on here to say all this, but um, hey, but hey, just flow. I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I will say that um, society has taught us as men uh, that we're not allowed to be emotional. We're not allowed to be vulnerable. You know, even yeah. even when you were a little boy, you know, first thing that happens, you know, if you fall and you hurt yourself, man, quit acting like a little girl, man, you a boy, you a man, you, you know what I mean? So we, we've been uh, groomed to uh, suppress everything and uh, suppressing your your anxiety and your frustrations and and, and all of your vices and your ear and, and your triggers. You know, all that's going to do is just uh, it's going to make you crazy, you know, mm -hmm. and um when we feel like we don't have that that refuge, that place to go where we can, you know, be vulnerable and get the healing we need, you know, first thing that we think of is, and not everybody, but most of us, including myself, is, hey, why am I even here? Check right. out, you right. know. Right. So, uh, you know, I'm glad that y'all are talking about this and bringing awareness to this, man. So, you know, that that's my little, that's my little two cents, you know, hey, to uh, what y'all were talking about. Yeah, and you know, it's it's important because if we can be able to be a voice to mm -hmm. show that because you know what the devil's biggest trick is to tell somebody you're the only one going through this everybody else good yeah. you're not good absolutely and if absolutely. we could punch the devil in the mouth and show him the devil is a lie i've been through it and i survived yeah. i've been through it and i'm here it could be able to help empower more people to be like man man they can get through it i can get through it if, yeah. and okay. you know I don't think we understand how powerful that word through is. Mm -hmm. yeah. That word through is even in Psalms 23. Yeah. yeah I walk through. Yeah. yeah. Went through. Yeah. We yeah. don't know how powerful that word is. You can't avoid it. You got to go through it. Yeah. 
But you, what he was saying towards the men is like, with me, it's like how he was saying like, women, we are always taught to be vocal. Like it was okay for us. It's okay for us to cry. And even with men, like I heard it said like, you know, women cry in public, men cry in the shower. I cry in public, ugly and all. <laughs> but but it's it's a lot of men that cry in the in the shower. Like it why? Because they have the water dripping down the, and it blends in. So even with them, they don't even see, they don't see can't nobody see their, their tears. Stuff. So men cry in the shower. <laughs> so versus when women cry in public. Why mm. why when you said that I just heard and I wish it would rain. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering what your facial was about. Like <laughs> that's not I'm, it, I'm not laughing, but I just heard nice like this so I wish it rain drops will fall. <laughs> amen, amen. Welcome to the Anointed Radio Show. Make sure you share, like, and subscribe. Uh, we just was just talking about awareness, suicide awareness. It's very important. But now we're going to go into the segment where we're going to do an icebreaker question, y'all. And my icebreaker question to everybody, and it's just, it's very early. Uh, Mariah Carey has not thawed out yet, so don't be scared. She's not on the radio yet. She's thawing out soon, though. Because it's already October. Once Halloween go and it turn midnight, Mariah Carey's thawed. Mm -hmm. And we're going to hear her all till 2024. <laughs> but going away in college because she's torturing us. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest Christmas album of all time. It has Man. to be. She got to be. She beat Nat King Cole. She yeah. beat the Temptations. She she beat the OJs. She beat everybody. She even beat James Brown because mm -hmm. she plays faithfully every year, November first, yeah, at midnight, like like a shoe release. Yeah. Like as soon as as soon as it come midnight, the radio already swapped over. It's like everybody sitting like <laughs> New Year's Eve at the radio station. Like, all right, we got to play Mariah. All right, everybody, 10-9, Mariah time. You say that, but I was listening to Alexa the other day and this Christmas star playing. I was like, what in the world? Uh, and I ain't turned it off either. I stopped bopping to it. But, I mean, they was playing this Christmas. I was like, okay. I'm not I'm ready for it. Snow one time. <laughs> so... So with us being in the Christmas spirit, last week we talked about holidays, and, and I hope we got the definition down from last week because somebody said, what holiday? Um, the holidays is Thanksgiving and Christmas. And if you celebrate Kwanzaa, Harambe. But with that, um, what would you want for Christmas? Uh, are, we go are we going around the room or are you just asking Whoever me? Go first. Whoever want to go first. Uh, well, I'll go first. What do I want for Christmas? Uh, let me just have a tenth of what Beyonce made on the Renaissance tour. Oh, and and I'll be set for life. Oh, man. I, I, I can retire next year. All I want is a tenth of what she made, which was half a billion dollars. So, yeah, he said, pay your ties. <laughs> <laughs> she made what they said it was almost $600 million from Renaissance. Just give me a tenth of that and I'll be good. I'll take a tenth and then I'll give the Lord a tenth and I'll keep the rest and I'll be good. <laughs> the tenth of the tenth. The tenth of the tenth. Man. My, my, my. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm done. I'm
about to say. I didn't expect that one. My Christmas list look like he is. <laughs> what about you, Mercy? I just want to hear let it snow. Just let it let it snow with all my That's family. Christmas gift. All, all my family in the living room together and just let it snow. Mm. Okay. All right. I don't want I, that. You don't want nothing else. Okay, well, I'm, I want something. So, what I want for Christmas is, y'all ready for it? I want a new microphone for the radio station because my microphone be tripping. So, I want a new microphone. So, I think that's going to be my Christmas gift to my, to thyself. I want this. a commentary. Um, I want a new commentary thing, like just a, a, a exhaustive commentary thing, like for like. Sometimes you get commentaries and it's they got all the 66 books in one commentary. But no, I want a commentary to where like Genesis is like this thick and then and that's in one book. And then the next book is, you know, just like all of them in their own. And I want a it, it could either be New Testament, or Old Testament. I ain't going to do all the 66. I ain't going to break nobody's pockets like that. But I do want a a uh, commentary. That's like encyclopedias for Bibles, right? Yeah. There. Yes. Yes. Man. Because once I read the Bible, I ask, I ask questions. I have to ask questions like, like why? Why? Mm. I got a whole bunch of them. Got one right here. They'd be on that. Like, oh, she wasn't lying. This thick. Yeah. Uh, my God. Hey, man. It made the Bible look thin. <laughs> yeah, like uh, I, 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 I read the Bible, I be want to know why, like why, who, where. Well, why was y'all there? When was y'all like? I ask, I ask, I will ask a passage like fifty questions. Okay, so, so Sean, if you're watching, you know what to get your wife. Amen. So, <laughs> thank you. Say it again. Get it back. Say it again. All right, Sean, your wife wants the encyclopedia Bibles. Yeah. Make sure you get it for. Her. Um, so. If you want Genesis to be that thick, Sean. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and go into the interview. Um, and the, we're going to get the first, you know, question out. And the first question would be this to Mr. G. Morgan. You know, like the Baptists just say, uh, introducing to some and reintroducing to others. Mm -hmm. <laughs> where is your hometown and where do you reside now? Houston, Texas. Born and raised. And y'all can probably hear the Southern drawl when I talk. But uh, I'm a native of Houston, Texas. Yeah. And, Which ward? Uh, uh, I'm man. I'm in the suburbs. <laughs> I'm not in no ward, man. I'm in the suburbs, man. Me and my wife, we live in a suburb called Pearland. Well, gotcha. technically, per technically, it's Manville, but yeah, you know, uh, more people are probably familiar we with Pearland. So you from huh? Houston? When can we expect a chop and screw version of a gospel song like? Because that's I'm what y'all doing, Houston. Y'all chopping screw everything. So, I mean, you can be the first one to chop and screw. Like, you can be the first one to chop and screw melodies from heaven. <laughs> you know, that, that's that's not a bad idea because we, we, we are known for doing a lot of chopping and screwing. And, and I, don't, I don't think a gospel artist, I don't think a gospel artist has done a chopping and screw version of something. Yeah, I wouldn't mind doing it. Yeah, thank you, prophetess. I appreciate that. Listen, <laughs> Or a rapper like me on there, my brother. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right. 
It's proper to say, I need 10% like how you want to. I knew hey, I, I knew it was coming. We I knew see. it was coming. Hey, just 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 drop the paperwork. You know, we can yeah. just sign on the paperwork. You get, your, you get some royalties. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I wanted to just ask this. What was the passion to get you to, uh, to start singing? What was the first passion that really was like that? This is what I love to do. Whoo, man, I, I really can't trace back the day or the time when I said, this is what I know I want to do, like for real, for real. But when I first fell in love with it and when I first discovered that I could, I was around five years old. Man, I, I remember I used to put on my uh, my dad's, uh, you know, back then we didn't say bishop because, you know, I grew up in the 80s. We didn't say bishop back then. So I I, I just had to put on his, his clergy robe back then, you know, and uh, I used to get in the mirror and I used to like fake preach and fake sing and, and do all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I always knew that I had the gift. Um, but honestly, growing up, I, I decided that I didn't want to do music as a career. I did music as a hobby. But mm -hmm. I went to I went to college for radio and television and my mono was in advertising. So I wanted to be the next Dan Rather. You know, I wanted to do broadcasting, you know, and I wanted to uh, do what Pastor Jay Calhoun is doing. You know, I wanted to you know, I, I was thinking about a podcast before a podcast was even a thing. You know what I mean? Like this is what was going on in my brain. But I would always get the calls to do the music on the on the weekends. And so the first gig that I had. Uh, singing with the community choir was when I was 16 years old and I sung with this choir called the Southeast Inspirational Choir. So that was the choir that birthed the career of Yolanda Adams. Uh, do y'all remember the song? I want to see the blessed face of him who died for me, sacrifice his life for my liberty. There was that choir. So I started singing with them when I was 16. Then from there on, I started singing with different groups in Houston. And then the first professional gig that I had was with Kim Burrell. So I started singing with Kim Burrell when I was 19. After singing with Kim Burrell, I started doing, I started doing dates with uh, Fred Hammond. Then I started doing dates with Israel Houghton. And then uh, my longest stint as a BGV was with Kirk Franklin. A lot of people don't know. Isaac Karee, at the time, his solo career was really taking off. You remember when he put out the single in the middle of it? So that was like really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was really hot. So he couldn't make a lot of the dates. And so he, he told Kirk, he said, hey, when I'm not here, you need to bring in somebody as a sub, you know, just to fill in. So they brought me in. I was only supposed to do a couple of shows. A couple of shows turned into seven years. So. Oh. I was singing with Kirk for seven years and the time during my stint, my stint singing with Kirk, that was when I was approached by Motown Gospel to sign a record deal with them. And it was around that time when I knew I said, OK, it just seems like everything keeps always falling back to that music piece, you know. So I prayed about it and I got the release to do it. So that's when I signed with Motown Gospel in 2013. Wow, so we are going to get the chopping screw version of this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, one thing, I just wanted to say something that was so dope that you said. Going back, so a lot of people in this generation are so in, enamored with being up front, right? Mm, yeah. See, when I came up singing i came up singing background i've sung background for rick stevens i've sung background in multiple choirs mm -hmm. um 
And you said something that's that was really dope. You were able to sing in all these these choirs, and it gave you the opportunity to come up front instead yeah. of being that. Oh, I gotta be because there's a lot of people with that attitude nowadays. I gotta be up front. I can't sing in the background where I'm like, man, background was where it went. Man, yeah. we to go in in the back that tenor section. Yeah. What we showing yeah. out? Yeah. So. One thing I would say is what can you say that you learned during the time of singing background of a lot of uh, a lot of those artists that you listed? Mm -hmm. Well, one thing that I learned is um, maintain a good posture, a good attitude. You know, your your attitude will determine your altitude. So prime example, Isaac Karee, and, and if he were on here right now, I would tell him to his face. Isaac Karee did me one of the biggest favors by connecting me with Kurt. Now, mind you, Isaac knows plenty of singers in all of the country. He knows plenty of singers that can sing circles around me, but he chose me not just because I have a gift, but because he knows Gene is humble. Gene is cool. He's easy to get along with. He's going to go in here. He's going to learn, learn his music. He's going to show up on time. He's going to do what he has to do. Your character will really cause you to excel. I always say this gifts will take you, but character will keep you, That's right. you know? So, so my thing is, Always use those opportunities to stay humble, to be kind, because you never know who's watching. you. I've literally seen people get canceled who have tremendous gifts, but they've gotten canceled because either they gossip too much, they messy, they always in mess, they are always being critical, they're always talking about people. And some folk are just like, yo, I know they, they talented at all, but I don't want that energy. I don't want that spirit. Mm -hmm. around what I got going on. So I would definitely say that uh, play your position and stay humble. And then the second thing is use it as a learning lesson uh, for your next. So here's another example. When I was singing with Kirk, I remember we were overseas. I want to say we were in Sweden and in the arena, the electricity went out, no power. So what Kirk did, he jumps on the piano and he has everybody in the audience to start singing you know, the reason why we sing in silver and gold and and like prophetess say, uh, melodies from heaven, just not the screwed version. But, you know, pretty much all of the popular songs, he had the crowd to start singing until they were able to restore the power. And we were able to continue on with with the uh, with the with the show. So I learned to think quick on your feet. I learned to make the audience your friend, you know, don't be scared of the people. Even if, you know, they just kind of sitting there, just kind of looking at you. Don't be scared of the people, you know, connect with the people. If the people feel the connection and they know that it's genuine, they'll engage. And sometimes engaging don't always mean, yeah, yeah, sing, sing, you know, but they're just into what you're doing. You know, uh, those same people that were probably silent while you were on stage could, could be the very same people that are downloading your stuff when they get home because you probably touched them right here, you know? So um, I, I, those are two main things. It's a whole lot of more. It's a whole lot of uh, other things that I could say, but those are the two main things that I'll definitely say that I learned. As a as a gospel singer or as, as someone in the music industry, how do you actually keep that balance between industry and ministry? Because what you do is actually a is ministry. It's, yeah. it's not industry, but some sometimes people get into um, get involved in certain things or whatever, and it gets more industry than what it is ministry. How do yeah. you maintain that balance? I'm, I'm glad you asked that question 
because that's that's my prayer every day is God help me to maintain a heart of ministry because you can get so engrossed in the industry, your brand this, your clothes that, your show this, your set that, you know, everything can become so scripted and so technical and so artistic to the point to where you can forget that we're really doing this for Christ. So to answer your question, and this is what helps me. Number one, my village keeps me held down. I surround myself with people who are going to tell me the truth. Gene, that ain't cool. Bring it down a few notches. You know, I don't surround myself with yes people. I surround myself with people that's going to keep my iron sharp. I also have a wonderful wife who keeps me balanced, you know, and then I stay before God. If you stay before God, you you will stay humble. And uh, I, I can't recall the exact scripture, but it's in the New Testament. And Jesus is given this parable of the sower. And he talks about the one who sows seed uh, by the thorns represents the one who allows the cares and the riches of the world to choke out the word, yeah. you know. And so you, it's very possible to get so engrossed in industry to the point to and, and, and social media and followers and likes um, to the point to where you can forget all about Christ uh, you can forget all about following the attributes of Christ because you're more artists than you are spiritual, you know? Yeah. So you have to really be careful and, and really watch that, you know, because one thing that I don't want to do is go before the people in flesh. And, and it is very possible for you to get to that point to where you feel like I have mastered my craft. I've mastered my presentation. I have mastered my church antics. Come on, everybody touch your neighbor right now. Ah, you know, is it can become very, very scripted. And you start thinking, I don't need the Holy Ghost. I can do it myself, but I will never be that guy. Uh, have I been tempted to be that guy? Absolutely. Have I sometimes slipped into that mode? Yes. But thank God for the Holy Spirit who brings me right back. Amen. Amen. That's yeah. that's very encouraging because it, it speaks to me on so many levels, being that I, you know, just started doing gospel music not that long ago um, in 2020, to be exact, because I had given up on music. But in 2020, I came back to music on the gospel side. I've been a producer now for a little over 15 years, music producer um, on the beat making side. And, you know, to hear um, a little bit of what you you just shared about um, remaining humble is one of the tasks that I've been faced up against lately. Yeah. Real, real tough, man. Especially when you get in front of those people for the first time this year alone, yeah. God increased me to be able to perform in front of people because I'm not the performing type guy, mm. but oh, I do have a rhythm and a flow unlike any other person that I've met in gospel, yeah. but it's been difficult for me to find the balance and I had to take a pause for a little while because I found myself, you know, um, sliding off into the side where it's like, okay, I'm getting the praise from the people and I'm sort of losing myself. Let me just pull back so I can get more spiritual development and growth so that mm -hmm. I can, you know, ready for whatever God is getting ready to bring me up against. So that's encouraging to hear you say that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. I, I would say one thing that I've realized being in rooms, um, one thing I do is like watching people uh, when I'm in rooms, especially when you when you in this industry for so long, because you could truly see people when people think that they're not being watched and seeing character 
like what Gene, what you were talking about earlier, and it was a very, 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 very important thing that you said was character, because people don't want you to be perfect. People just want you to have good character, you know, because no one's perfect. The only person that was perfect was Jesus. Come on now. Mm -hmm. So it's just like when it comes down to character, you know, um, and it's going to go into my my next question. How many times did you feel like what you were, what you wrote and what you were ministering in song, you had to sing to yourself? Oh man, every time I touch the mic, <laughs> every single time. And, and it's like, every time I write something, God's going to allow me to have to live out those words. Oh man. Whew. Yeah, man. Uh, prime example, uh, my current single that's out right now is called I Believe. And uh, it was, it was uh, the last song that my mom heard right before she passed. So my mom, you know, she had a Parkinson's disease and one of the byproducts of Parkinson's disease is dementia. And so when she was in the advanced stage, we had to put her in a rehab and uh, the dementia had gotten so bad, she couldn't really talk that well. And so uh, I uh, took the phone and I said, hey, mom, I just recorded this song called I Believe. I'm going to play it for you. So I, I, I took my phone, I pressed play and I put it next to her pillow so she could hear it and so she began to open her eyes and she couldn't really talk that well but she was <laughs> you know she was trying to you know sign to me you know that that it it moved her and you know and as her son i knew what she was trying to say and uh, a few days later uh, she had passed away she actually passed the morning that i was at the grammys that's when i got the call i'm gonna say this i was i was upset with god because I said, God, if you take her, just don't let me be out of town when you take her. I want to be here when you take her. And uh, God said, no. Looking back in hindsight, I understand why he did it. But in the moment, I was like, yo, God, this is me. You know, a lot of us, we always think we kind of got some exclusivity with God. You know, it's like, come on, God, this is me now. You know, you didn't come on now, you know. So. I, I, you know, I was upset about that. Now, looking back in hindsight, everybody, I know why God had to do it that way. And I think my mom wanted it to be that way because the doctors were trying to get me to sign a DNR, a do not resuscitate. And I said, no, I said, I don't care what it is. Y'all bring her back. That was selfish on my part because she was in so much pain. So yeah. I was, I was really just trying to shield my own self from the pain by trying to hold on. And I knew that her body was just tired and she was ready to rest with the Lord until, you know, she, you know, trans, you know, until she comes into her new body, you know, when the Lord returns. So I was um, I was so upset. But now I understand that it had to be that way. But during my time of being upset, you know, I uh, I don't want to say that I wanted to walk away from from God, but I sure wasn't really talking to him, you know. And uh, the song talks about believing and, and I had to sing out those lyrics. I had to live out those lyrics. You know, even on your bad days, I still choose to trust God. Wow. Plain and simple. Yeah. That's very powerful. I think so. With, yeah. With, 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 I, with the man. Okay, man. Get myself together. That story right there. Yeah. Spoke. Uh, spoke a lot to me because uh, the person near to my heart, my grandmother, she, I watched her for 11 years have dementia mm. uh, from teenager to grown adult, making sure that she was okay. So I know what you went through in that yeah. situation. And the, the thing that I heard from you, which I, you didn't even probably even know that you freed me in that is that 
in the moments of me missing and wishing she was here. She was in pain. She yeah. was going through. She was scared that she couldn't remember. She 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 was frustrated in times. And it was selfish on me to want her just to want her here. Yeah. And and that was that's that's encouraging because a lot of people feel that way. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't want that to ha- uh for their loved one to 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 go. And God knows all of our times. Everybody mm-hmm. on this panel ain't no way we could control it. You know, one thing that my grandmother did say, God know that he gave you two promises, promise to be born and a promise promise to die. Yeah. And you got a birth date and a death date. Yeah. And and you got to be able to understand that you got to be on one term, one, one in agreement with God Mm -hmm. and understanding his will and his way. And there's a reason for each one of those things. And one thing that I've learned in those moments, and I'm going to encourage you because she passed in 2013. Um, is always remember the good times because mm. your mama wants you to be happy. Not every time you think about her, because I went through a mode. I can't listen to many, uh, many Rippleton uh, mm. li- slipping down memory lane. I was boohoo crying for years if that song came on. Yeah. But I, I had to get to a point with therapy as well because um, a lot of times with grief, um, I had to learn that there was triggers. There's triggers and certain things, smells, memories. And I and during that time, I just became a minister. So I did the worst thing any minister could do is that's facilitate a funeral instead of process the the situation of loss. And that's always encourage any minister out there. Be the, the son, be the grandchild, be the uncle, be whoever you are to that person. And don't get all this titled and, and people pressuring you to eulogize and do all that. Sit down because mm-hmm. you have to process. I heard a pastor here um, in Vegas say that it took him three years to mourn his mother because he didn't let himself go through the process. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I just tell you to when you think of your mom, think of the good stuff. Think about all the stuff she instilled in you, what made you smile, the things that made you be Gene Moore today. Because I know how that feels. And I think and every time I think about it, I always sit and I think about all the good stuff, all the things she instilled in me, all the things that she wanted me to do and accomplish. And it it, it makes me feel better. So I just encourage you. um, Nothing prophetic. But just I encourage you yeah. um, because I know that feeling been there, done that, got a postcard and it's been some years and I still get my moments. Yeah. I even named my youngest daughter after her. So it's it's something where you have to know it was good. Great thing. She taught me. And I'm going to remember to smile when I think about her. I ain't going to cry. <laughs> yes, sir. Amen. So one thing I want to talk about is this. <clears throat> Now that we uh, that you you've done, um, you have your single out. I believe. Make sure everybody you guys go follow and download and buy for. It. Is it ninety nine cent? One twenty nine? One ninety nine? How much is it in the Apple Store? Ain't no telling. They change every every <laughs> every streaming platform. Spotify is one thing. Apple is another. Pandora is another. Title is another. You know. All I say is. Uh, Go buy it. Go get it. <laughs> go get the units. You know, go support yeah. him in his in this project. And then one thing I would say as well, and I and I, I want to ask you is you've done some collaboration 
um, projects. Go ahead and speak mm-hmm. about that a little bit. Yeah, I was able to collaborate with PJ Morton this year. So uh, there's a song that he put out called The Better Benediction. And it was featuring myself, of course, PJ, Zacardi Cortez, Daryl Walls of the Walls Group, Sam Moat, and Tim Rogers. So um, funny story with that, I was actually in the gym and PJ hit me up and he said, hey, uh, what you doing later? Because I need you in the studio. I'm in Houston. And I was like, nothing. You call. I'm there. You know, I didn't even know what it was. I just knew, hey, PJ called me. He said, I need you in the studio. Cool. So I show up at the studio. I run into Daryl. I run into Zaccardi. I'm like, what y'all doing here? And uh, then PJ got us all together and he said, uh, yeah, this is the song. And I'm getting ready to put it out. It's called The Better Benediction. So now uh, Tim Rogers and Samo, uh, they weren't there in Houston when me, Daryl, and Zaccardi recorded our parts. They were somewhere else recording their vocals. But we all came together for the video shoot. We all got along really good. Um, and we actually got nominated for a Grammy uh, for that song. So uh, th- that was actually uh, my second Grammy nomination celebration. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it was bittersweet, too, because remember, I found out my mom had died that morning of the Grammys. So while they're announcing our category, I'm just sitting in the theater like this. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah man. But uh, that that was uh, that was one of the major collaborations that I did this year that uh, I'm really proud of. It was a great experience. So with it being um, the year of 2023 mm-hmm. and you've done so much in 2023, if you can if you could be a preacher and put a title to 2023, what would you consider 2023 to be to you? Because you know how we all say 2020 going to be a vision. Uh, <laughs> you know, 2021, somebody going to go up one level. You know, So what would you say? <laughs> um, what would you say um, your your 2023 was to you personally? Ooh, um, I don't really know if this is a sermon title. But um, the best way that I can describe 2023 is bittersweet. Um, He reveals his glory when it's bitter. And when it's sweet, just give him the praise. Mm. And and that's all I can really say. I don't know if that's a sermon title. I don't know if that works into a sermon. But, but, you know, he'll he'll show you. Yeah. But, you know, even in the bitter, he'll still show you how sweet he is. I'm, I'm gonna tell you right there when you said bittersweet. If you want to go to the text, everybody follow me to the text. When the Roman soldier gave the vinegar on the sponge to Jesus before he gave up the ghost, it was bitter, but he knew that the sweetness of salvation was coming after. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Come on, I, I thought of, of, of once Moses died, and, and then you got Joshua going right into picking up that mantle. You got the same thing with with it, uh, Elijah once Elijah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And then, so it's bittersweet. So, hey, we, we're looking forward to your next to see exactly what your next is, what your resurrection is about to be after mm-hmm. this, this after the bittersweet. Oh. What is your resurrection? Oh, so what? now I got one. See, y'all, y'all okay. were going to the text. I got one. So when Joseph was in the pit, mm. the Bible says that God was still with him. Even in the pit, God was still with him. And he learned how to delegate and administrate in the pit because the, because the keeper of the prison gave him 
um, autonomy over all the other prisoners. And that's how he learned how to delegate. And that's how he learned how to administrate because God knew that he was going to ultimately raise him up to be a, to be a ruler. So that's that bittersweet, you know? So I'm just in that season of the bitter and the sweet. The bitter is rough, but God will show how sweet he is even in the midst of the bitter. <laughs> Man, all we needed was uh, not Carlton Banks to say, Swingy. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Bishop didn't give a text. Bishop, give your text. What's your text for your for the bittersweet? Listen, I love bittersweet things, man. It, it, it His story actually touched me because, you know, his mom is a lot. You know, the way he was giving off this story from his mom, I was raised by my grandmother. So bittersweet for me. It's somewhat the same way, you know, he was at the Grammys when his mother passed and I was preaching, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, my biggest thing was I was my grandmother's caretaker. So, you know, we found her in the house dead, blown mm-hmm. up, you know, mm-hmm. I was thinking full of flies and, you know, a bit of sweet for me too is my second born daughter passing or my second born daughter, uh, forgive me, being born eight hours after my baby brother had passed. Um, and you know, bittersweet for me is, I think it'll be a good title for him if he had to preach his first sermon, you know, it definitely goes with what story that he just gave off and, you know, the inspiration behind the story and how he kept moving forward, regardless of what took place. You know, sometimes you, you thank God that it does happen in the worst way possible first. So that the outcome, you know, the latter end is ending in a good way, a good fashion. Yeah. that All right, so Gene, Gene Moore, listen, listen closely. Mm. On your next album titled Bittersweet, we need one chopping and screw <laughs> gospel song. So the, the album needs to be titled Bittersweet. <laughs> and we need that that very last song needs to be chopped and screwed. <laughs> that need to be the special edition, you know, that one that they said the extra bonus. <laughs> Track <laughs> chopped and screwed. Chopped and screwed. Yes. Chopped and screwed. You got a deal. <laughs> I'm gonna be listening. The chopped and screw gonna get a Grammy. I, I just want. I just want. <laughs> I, mean, like, I just wanted to first on it. That's it. Because I'm a. World mercy come. So awesome. one. So one thing, Mr. Mr. Moore, one mm-hmm. thing I want to ask is, so what's next? What's next? Um, my calendar is, is filling up. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, I just the, it's fourth you. quarter. No, no, no. But you, bittersweet chopped and screwed. But however, you said something earlier, Tish. Uh, you said it's the fourth quarter. So because it's the fourth quarter, I'm going to just put it in the atmosphere because I love touring i love it i really want to be on somebody's tour so i'm gonna put it in the atmosphere that i'm gonna be on somebody's tour uh whether it's toward the end of this year or the top of next year i'm gonna be on i'm gonna be on somebody's tour and uh, i'll definitely be working on some more music uh first part of next year i definitely want to do more collaborations i want to do and 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 i would love to do collaborations not just with gospel artists but also with um some artists of some other genres, you know, some people don't even know, but I love Dolly Parton. I would love to do something with Dolly Parton. Believe, oh, Pat, Pastor Jay. 
<laughs> Pastor Jay, come on, Pastor Jay. All right, come on, it's done. I it's got done. you. Come on, I'm gonna hit you up. Yes. I, I know your people, so I, I could get to you directly. Amen. Amen. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's like this country rap thing that I it's a song called Rare Breed. Uh, uh, it's a it's rare breed, don't understand. Like I'd I be bumping that one. Like, but yes, I, I love it. I'm I'm all for the country yeah. rap gospel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dolly Parton is actually crazy with the pen because a lot of people don't realize she didn't get famous because of her. She got famous off that of pen. everybody she wrote for. Yeah. Whitney Houston made her bank. Yeah. Wow. I yeah. Always Love You is written by Dolly Parton. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Dolly Parton. Actually, when Dolly recorded it, she um, it was really a big song, you know, back in her day. But of course, when Whitney re-recorded it, it became more of a monster. But Dolly Parton said in the interview, I think Whitney Houston made her a total of, uh, what was it, like some $15 million? Man. See, the, the money is in the pen. It's in the writing. It's, yeah. It's in the writing. Yeah, it's, man. Because you could just think about so many people, because a lot of people I found out, um, like the great Michael Jackson, there's a lot of people that get paid off of Michael Jackson's music because Michael Jackson didn't write a lot. He didn't so write a lot. Uh, so a lot of people wrote for Michael Jackson. Actually, the writer for Luther Vandross just came forward after his clause was, you know, not not around anymore, and was saying like Luther told him, "You can have a nice record from you, or you can have a Luther record. Which mm -hmm. one do you want?" He's like, "Luther record. Go ahead, uh, go ahead, and take that. They don't need to know me." Just make yeah. sure to check deposits in the direct <laughs> deposit, real, real nice. And I, right. I, I don't mind. Hey, look, look, Saints, don't, don't, th don't throw nothing at me. Don't throw the towel at me. But R. Kelly too. That's true. He's able to sing it, and he was able to write it. And y'all, we can't. No matter what he did, <laughs> you said the number there. You said <laughs> no matter what he did, y'all know that that dude is a The church is about to go get <laughs> Robert. <laughs> Listen, Robert, which Robert? Robert, I should have said Robert, and you know, because some people don't know him by Robert. But Robert, Robert. Yeah. I mean, dude, dude, dude has a catalog, but you know, unfortunately, with everything that's going on, all that catalog money and that yeah. publishing money, I'm pretty sure it's about gone now. You didn't well, get him out of jail. Nah, nah. You didn't buy your way out of hell. I mean, jail. He got some music that he done wrote for. He's still collecting royalties from. In 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 prison? Just because you locked up don't mean you can't collect your money. Hmm. Well, I'm just wondering. I'm wondering, like, how is he able to uh, profit off of that? Because I heard like some of the streaming platforms took his music completely down. They did. So, they they, they, they might have took his music, his yeah. vocals. A lot of them but did. You, but you got to think he wrote for Joe. Yeah. He, was, he he didn't wrote for a lot of people. But you know one that we didn't say? Kanye West. I don't care how crazy y'all say that man is. That man has wrote bangers for other people. Yeah. I mean, he wrote You Don't Know My Name for Alicia Keys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That yeah. man has wrote some bangers that you will never even know mm -hmm. that he wrote because he has his own catalog plus the catalog of what he wrote for. If mm -hmm. he did a verses and all the people he could bring out, it would be 
crazy. We would, we would be yeah. like, hey, all the ve- the features. I don't want to hear you rant. Just go ahead and bring all the people you didn't wrote for to come perform your songs. But that just to, to show out there, because there's a lot of artists, independent artists, that they got crazy penmanship. Mm-hmm. It's okay, going back to what we talked about in the beginning, to be in the background. Yeah. Because a lot of people that you don't know is making major money off the people you do know. Yeah. So that might be your your way. You might be sitting there like, man, why is it not happening? But you got great penmanship. You got mm-hmm. your, your arrangement is amazing and all these different things. Independent artists, think about it. Maybe you are the one that could be able to write the song for the next person. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it the song's copywritten to you. Let me put game if you learn about copyright. Mm-hmm. And the song royalties is going to go to you too because you wrote the song and you gave the song and you do the reference. Man, the dream made one point, what, six million dollars off of old songs that he wrote for other people. Mm. He but sold it away. I think that's the issue in once it comes to gospel, the gospel industry or whatever, is that we have to start understanding or once it comes to God, let me say ministry, once it comes to ministry, we have to understand the importance of collaboration and not competition. And right. so once once we actually begin to collaborate with one another more than competing with one another, whether you're preaching, whether you are usher, whether you whether you the deacon, no, once we actually start collaborating, then we can actually move um, out. Then we can go back how you open up the show, then we can really go out and start doing the Great Commission. Then we can go out and start telling people, now I'm not competing with this church or competing with that person. I'm actually going and trying to help. um, (laughs) 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 I'm actually trying to go out and I'm trying to just help draw people to Christ, but I'm not trying to compete against this church or that church. I'm not trying to compete against this gospel artist or that gospel artist. We're doing ministry here. So once we actually start taking that mindset out of, of ministry, even marketplace ministry, we will actually be able to go further. He said something very important. I think that's going on with the youth right now, especially with the way gospel hip hop is going um, with um, the whole competition thing you know we come from especially those that are younger we're coming from a place where we used to be intrigued by the dark side and we see them fighting and we try to bring it over to the gospel hip-hop side with that mm-hmm. same mentality when we should leave it alone and realize that we come into the gospel side it's about unity and love you know what yeah. i'm saying they got yeah. to but you know one thing it, it's it's a cultural thing because yeah. i've seen some some uh some Christian hip hop artists that are not that do not look like us and they collab and they make they winning like mm-hmm. I think it's a cultural thing where we could get beyond because man the Bible says how good and pleasant is it for brothers to dwell into unity, yeah, unity if, we, right? if we could come together and be able to like man if like you said mercy I you do beats and I write and then Gene sings right there that's a whole winning team, not Probably just one did. person Direct putting putting you direct. She gave us examples of what we need to drop. But you know, the, but those I are the things that give, give revelation water. So, but that's the thing that if we could come as a community to start building these team efforts, like where's the next summit? 
where artists come together and just work on next projects. And they'd be like, man, I heard that at the summit. Oh, I heard that at the workshop. I heard that over there because our counterparts mm-hmm. from the Christian contemporary CCM, they do it now. They know when Gyra was going to come out. They knew when all these songs were coming out because they interlock and they say, okay, you put your album in in April. I'm going to put my album in March and we're going to promote both of these things together and they're winning. That's a formula that we can do in our culture. We just have to get past the, you know, this reason why uh, groups break up. We got to get past that. Who going, who name go first. It don't matter if we all win and let us all win together. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So I, I just encourage somebody out there, if you if you if you're worrying about it, win as a team. You write a song and promote it. And then when when they get their time, you they write a song for you. It, it it's sharing is caring. Jesus, mm-hmm. we learned this in kindergarten. Sharing is caring. Let's stop all the fighting. Um, with that being said, we're gonna go ahead and go ask the one last question. And the one last question I would ask Mr. Gene Moore is what's one thing that you can say that you know that people are going to walk away with from your new single I believe why did he do that <laughs> and and yo yo let, let me explain why I said that because with this particular EP I decided that I wanted to go a little bit more middle of the road versus straight ahead gospel so for some of the people that have been following me, they're probably used to, uh, you know, more of your ballady, worshipy, church-friendly type stuff, which is cool. But uh, for this particular EP, I wanted to do something that was a little more on the inspirational side, something that was uh, a little more live band driven versus 808 driven, you know. Um, I had the Red Hands Band. I don't know if y'all are familiar with them, but if y'all aren't, get familiar with the Red Hands Band. They're out of Cleveland. They are super dope. So they produce half of my EP. So I decided to go that route for this one. So um, you may be some people that say, man, why did he do that? You know, because I, I like the uh, I like the church stuff better, you know, but uh, I'm an artist and, I, you know, I like to try different things. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. I agree. I think there should be all kind of different different moves. Can you could y'all imagine if Jacalyn Carr did like a country gospel song? I think it would be that, no, that would be dope. yo. I could that, actually I could actually hear Jacalyn doing that too. That, Wouldn't that be dope? Like never, something different. I'm because mm-hmm. we put God in a box that one it goes for one sound. And you know, mm-hmm. one person that encouraged me was Anita Wilson when she did her EDM gospel track where i was just like that's what's different i mm-hmm. like this it wasn't yeah. edm it was dance which is mm-hmm. the difference between edm and dance it was a yeah. dance gospel track and she was really out everybody know her for jesus will okay yeah. but she did her artistic way of being able to reach the unchurched that ain't used to jesus will but mm-hmm. they used to this sound Because there's a certain sound in the world that other people resonate to. Mm -hmm. And if it it don't sound normal to us, yeah, that's it wasn't for us, but it was for somebody else. So I encourage all of I can't wait till the gospel reggae come out. I can't Mm -hmm. wait till all these different inspired uh, um, things are coming 
and Chop and Screw by Gene Moore called <laughs> Bittersweet. Like, I just think... <laughs> See, I get that. So I, I just think, honestly, that it, it would be just a great thing to get out the box. And I think that's what the youth is looking for. I really yeah. think... There, if you look at Curtis Poppy, um, if you look at a lot of these different songs that we've seen that kind of sound Drake-ish, but it's gospel, they the young people are loving it. They're like, I didn't even know it was gospel. That's how we felt when Kirk Franklin came out with um, JP, are you with me? People yeah. was like, is this a gospel song? Yeah. But, it, it, but it crossed the bridge to get people that would have never listened to his gospel song while we sing, but they heard Revolution. Yeah, right. You see what I'm saying? And yeah. I think that goes back to the scripture in Mark uh, 16 and verse 15, where it says, go and spread the gospel. Find a way to be able to spread the gospel, however your lane is, mm -hmm. because God might give you a different way to approach it, you know, and it, it's nothing wrong with it. As long as we're talking about Jesus and bringing people to Christ, yeah. that's what it's all about. Yeah. So. With that, it's about that time because it's, it's pretty late, y'all. But this was a good interview, y'all. Thank you, Gene, for coming on. Thank y'all for having me. Uh, Tish, I'll be working on Bittersweet Screw. Jay, you got my information. Mercy, it's good meeting you, man. And and I, I wish you nothing but support on, on all of your endeavors, man. Pretty Keep Yes, man. sir. So I love it. I love everybody. Thank y'all so much. No, for no, I, I even say my spill. I, I oh. can't. Oh, you're not gonna break my tradition that I've been doing for all these years. Oh, oh, oh not traditional. So, Come religion. Not tradition. It's not even religion. Thank you, Prophet. <laughs> it's what I do, what Pastor Jay does. Thank you. But I wanted to go ahead and say thank you for coming on to Anointed Radio in front of everybody and giving mm -hmm. the flowers while you do, because one thing that you do <laughs> is you you gave us the most important thing that you have and the most valuable thing that you have that you can't get back, and that's time. So yeah. I appreciate you. And because you've been on Anointed Radio, I already been playing you on Anointed Radio, but just know you family. Whatever you got, you. if when you come out with bittersweet chopping screwed, <laughs> come back on the show. We're gonna we're gonna slap that. <laughs> music slaps, food smacks. I just want to put that. I'm from the bay, y'all. Yeah. Music slaps, food smacks. Just how that over there because for somebody was confused mm -hmm. but when, when that come out definitely we would love to support you we appreciate everything you do keep doing what you're doing sir because you have a great character you have great integrity and you have a great spirit about you where you are really making an impact for somebody so okay, we just encourage you. you to do what you're doing in your ministry and so now with that being said with that being said you can follow us on all social media platforms at lv anointed radio <laughs> And you can't download the Anointed Radio app, but we're we're remodeling. But after the show, I'm doing something special. After the show, I'm uploading onto our social media. And you have to be following our social media to know what our new logo is going to look like. But our new logo is going up after the show tonight. So definitely stay tuned and, and, and go to our social media. Um, our app is being re redone. Me and some great positive technical black boy magic collaboration collaboration wakanda forever technology we're coming <laughs> together and we're building the new anointed radio app and we're building a new network and that is church and anointed uh life 
t- television and we're building a new anointed radio app it's about to be dope we're going to the new level of new places so definitely stay tuned follow us at lv anointed radio make sure you follow us on all the podcast platforms where you can listen to this interview if you're just tuning in now or you can listen to all almost 400 episodes of great people that we've had on the show um, that have really came and told their testimony. So definitely check us out. And with that being said, again, we don't, I see y'all in Atlanta because I no, we have another show before then. Not yet. I see. I, I won't be in Atlanta. We have a show before I go to, on the plane to Atlanta. But with that, make sure you go follow Gene Moore. Follow everybody on here. Much love and stay safe and drink your teas. Go get my people. Bye, y'all.